millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsok. 
and this is the Clone Wars Report. <laughs> it's time for drums. This, uh, this podcast has evolved in just the intensity the same way this season of Clone Wars has. We started out with the little news, and now we are into the drums of drama and war. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, this episode is not called War. It is called Old Friends Not Forgotten. This is the 13th episode of our podcast, Clone Wars Report, where we'll be discussing the ninth episode of Season 7 of Clone Wars, Old Friends Not Forgotten. We've been uh, kicking off by talking a little bit about the title and overall reaction. Uh, so let's just uh, start with title. How did Old Friends Not Forgotten grab you? I mean, uh, that sounds like a great uh, Bruce Springsteen song, and I'm all for it. <laughs> really, yeah, old friends not forgotten. Uh, it works so many different ways, right? Uh, the dark and the uh, the the uh, gloom that comes towards the end, and then uh, the emotional stuff at the beginning. Yeah, and then yeah. what comes what comes very much later, obviously. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, it, it it's got it's got great uh, thematic uh, resonance, uh, and I like it in terms of songs that it sounds like somebody can't remember the name of Old Lang Syne. I'm like, what? Yeah. What's that song? <laughs> you know, you're singing at New Year's. Old friends not forgotten. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Stewart. What? You know. Anyway, uh, so old friends not forgotten, or part one of this final arc, as it's uh, described on screen, which we will talk about. Uh, this is a big one, clearly already just uh, sending waves of joy and, and shock and bittersweet uh, terror uh, through the fandom. What was your overall reaction? Overall reaction is, uh, wow, we are here. We're in the end game. We're, we're in the final moments uh, of this, not just this season, but obviously the show. It, you just had that feeling of all hands on deck. We're going we're gonna to take this home um, in, in, in the best way possible. And and you felt that you felt the bigness of it. It jumped off the screen, and that and that includes watching it on my iPhone, <laughs> and watching <laughs> it on a bigger TV a little bit later. Like it, I felt all of it. A lot of big moments, a lot of a lot of nostalgia pulls, uh, a lot of callbacks, a lot of that poetry we love. All those big things were there, and that playground feel you and I talk about, especially when we're talking about Star Wars rank with the Imperial vehicles, and everything. There were some of those playground moments of ooh, isn't this stuff great isn't wars in the stars awesome and i thought all of that there and i had some big questions and had some different things and different takes and i, I think you did as well and it's going to be fun to really get into it yeah yeah there's so much there but i have to ask the most important question your iphone did you did you watch late at night in bed at like 1 a.m on friday <laughs> no no uh i actually that's my second viewing. So my first viewing was proper. Uh, second viewing was on, on a, a treadmill with some earbuds. So the sounds in your brain, but the yeah, you, you ca occasionally I have to lean forward while I'm uh, uh, working uh, working on that treadmill to like be like, what is that shot? Because um, it's the second viewing. I usually is usually when you're starting to pay attention to what you might need to talk about or notes or what it is. So, uh, but but I have had a lot of times this season the treadmill iPhone combo be the first time I saw it, but not not this time. But it was a good second viewing. Okay, good, good. Yes, you were enjoying the war on the stars while having a a war on the treadmill. I guess a war of your body. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, definitely stayed up late and was happy to do it uh, because it was such a fun 
shock. We will talk about the, all those opening credits being different. I definitely had the um, sort of double take of, did I hit the wrong episode somehow, which I've actually done on Disney Plus before. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. Continue, sir. Come back. <laughs> uh, I think for me, this is, this is going to be a generational reference, but... Yeah. Once I realized that, no, nope, uh, they're doing this, they're setting it up differently, I didn't hit the wrong button, it felt like a very special episode of something. Um, like uh, various broadcast networks, when they played a movie, would have like their logo ahead of time of special presentation. Like before you got to see a James Bond movie or before Star Wars was on broadcast television the first time, they'd have this like little, uh, you know, different networks had them you can find them on youtube of like special presentation and it was actually special and mm. i had that vibe like i went as when i was a kid of like oh this isn't run-of-the-mill sort of um overhyped advertising of like you can't miss this week it's the most explosive yet and you're like yeah it's another episode i got it i got it you gotta pump it up yeah. this one felt legitimate like oh when you say special presentation you are not bullshitting me mm. And that's, yeah, it gave a very special feeling going in. I'll tell you, you are, it's a reference uh, of, of, of my time as well. It's like you reminded me of uh, sitting on the couch next to my parents while they watched uh, Shogun. <laughs> yeah, you, know I mean? <laughs> you know, I was a little too young uh, when they watched Roots, but like the big TV movie events that we all, uh, you know, Heidi on NBC, like <laughs> those things definitely, it had that, they, they, they uh, intentionally or unintentionally captured that movie of the week. It's a big thing. I love it moment. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that set the tone. And then everything that we'll talk about in the episode of us, so much use of um, uh, main Skywalker saga music uh, set the tone, evoking lots of uh, Star Wars poetry and or nostalgia, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, there was a lot about it that wasn't just that opening cr opening uh, credits being different. There was a lot about the uh, beginning of the episode that really put me in mind of thinking of this as full circle with the Clone Wars movie, that it all began as a movie. I think the fact that this began also like it's part of a movie uh, really colored how I how I saw and uh, felt about the episode. Um, and I also just felt uh, really rewarded because, you know, if they had only made four episodes of season seven and they started here, it would have been awesome. but it was made so much more special by those episodes with Ahsoka and Trace and Rafa. And it felt this episode made me like those four episodes even more because those episodes were a little bit quieter and a little bit uh, lower immediate stakes and were a little bit more internal and about the themes than big action and explosion uh, in full scale war. So I think the thematic setup and the just kind of size of the conflict in those four previous episodes really set this one up to feel like, Oh wow, this is the big time now. Yeah. Well said. And, and we're going to talk about the, the callbacks, but which um, not even, not even callbacks. I, I believe this, this, this full circle is a better way to look at it. Uh, and a lot of the bigger th moments uh, and how that did contribute to what I thought uh, I was going to have to explain to you. Wasn't a lie, uh, but it looks like you experienced it too, where I stopped the show and went oops i started the clone wars movie <laughs> yeah and we backed out and went because i was you do the thing where you're sitting down i had the coffee and you know a little snack and you and, and it starts playing and i saw the old lucasfilm logo 
which by the way, Clone Wars movie had already, you know, the, the old Lucasfilm logo went away a long time ago. I, I know that. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but I had it looked up and then I, I saw, I heard everything and I look up and it's, it's going and I just had this weird moment. I went, Oh, I, Oh gosh, I start, I started the wrong thing and backed out. I backed all the way out. <laughs> I realized, Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing, too. I think I uh, was extra confused because I have accidentally started the Clone Wars movie enough times while watching, while trying to watch other Clone Wars episodes that it's drilled in my brain that the Clone Wars movie starts with the chatter of clones in battle. So right. I was like, hey, this can't be the Clone Wars. What the hell did I, the Clone Wars movie, the original one, what, what the hell did I hit? And then I was like, oh... I see what we're doing here. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I legitimately was like, how do I tell this story without Joseph and the listeners think, thinking I'm making it up? But the, the, <laughs> you figured some kind of similar uh, situation makes me feel better. Absolutely, absolutely. And, well, and I think that's part of the, there's all of the meaning and the signifiers of, of what happened in those opening moments, which we will talk about. But I think there's also the effect of Clone Wars is something that gets you into a very specific rhythm with, uh, here comes the moral. What? And this is the co- it, everything about it was meaningful in various Star Wars ways, but just the fact that it was different from the routine really made you sit up straight and go, "Wait, this is different." It reminds me of the time that uh, uh, we changed the sports and weather report on my old morning show and my radio days, and someone <laughs> called up and complained to say that we they were late to work because you don't you don't start the weather till here. So that's, that's probably what I experienced. You're right. It was like here comes the more. Oh wait, this is what's going on. Where am I? <laughs> uh, excellent. So once we got uh, past our confusion and figured out that we were indeed watching the correct episode of Clone Wars, uh, we got into it. Uh, as always, f- for people listening, uh, this first half of Clone Wars Report, we're going to kind of go a big picture and talk about some of the themes. And then this episode is full of so many juicy details. Uh, then in the second half of the podcast, we will go through the episode in order and dig fully into any uh, any juicy details. So let's start with big picture. We've been looking at themes often ones that are big George Lucas uh, initial Skywalker saga themes or long-standing Star Wars themes in general. And the one that really jumped out uh, to me is this idea of attachment and all of the different versions of attachment when it's a gift, when it's a curse, when it is good to rescue your friends no matter what, and when it is good to let go. Did that jump out at you as well, Ken? It jumped out most in um, moments between Obi-Wan, well, Obi-Wan, and then with Anakin kind of by his side, just uh, for Bo-Katan to throw, not throw, throw's not right, to correctly bring up the assassination, the murder of her sister, Obi-Wan's great love, uh, to bring it up and and have Obi-Wan just kind of be able to be like, yeah, I I get it. Uh, I have to disconnect from that attachment. Otherwise, bad things will happen. I can't let that factor into my decisions right now to have Anakin right near him kind of being like, huh? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, real specific look from Anakin, like that's bordering on what's wrong with you. And I didn't know a person could do that. Yes. Yes. Both ways. Again, we've talked this season. Uh, you can really read the faces um, more than any other season is the, you know, the quality of the animation um, uh, just is improved with the show. Um, you can totally read that in Anakin's face. It's great. 
Yeah, it's amazing that it's a combination of kind of typical Anakin being like, God, Obi-Wan, I disagree with you, versus almost envy of like, how can you do that? Yes. <laughs> Teach me this power. Uh, she's been trying. Uh, so I'm going to go through a couple of the bullet points where I sort of saw this idea of attachment uh, merging and, and see how they speak to you. Uh, just kind of going through a little bit in order, the bond between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I felt like that big opening you know, battle scene had a lot going on, uh, but in particular that there was this sort of just camaraderie and rhythm between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And even though they are different and have their different points of view, they seem so at home and so comfortable in the beginning feels like a fun buddy comedy. And it reinforces this idea of Obi-Wan has taught Anakin and trusts Anakin. And, and it was just, I think just really focusing on their bond was like this picture of uh, a, a good attachment that we know is going to sadly break. Yeah, I will um, I definitely want to give credit to uh, Dan Brooks over at StarWars.com. He just did a little summary of the episode. And I, just, I was just poking around that this morning, and uh, he really highlighted how some of the, the moments here and the stuff you're describing, Joseph, kind of pays homage in a way and fulfills the promise of, of Obi-Wan and New Hope saying he was a cunning warrior and he was a good friend. We've seen a lot of that. We've even seen that in Revenge of the Sith. I think there's some great moments there. We see it in Tech Clones. But there was a lot about this episode that, to me, kind of ties directly back to Obi-Wan's feelings there. Like, that, that, that it's on display in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, it just started you thinking about not just the, the tragedy of uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, but what their connection means. Uh, and then, of course, we go on to uh, another big idea of uh, attachment. Anakin's general missing and worrying about Ahsoka and kind of uh, clearly he's been obsessing about what happened with Ahsoka and how he can kind of control the trauma of losing her. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. No, I just, I loved um, the, the, the play, the play on her kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll catch up in a bit. <laughs> There's some stuff. And there, and there was like a little hurt, a little confusion and just the open, the openness of Anakin's heart when he, when he sees her it both first the confusion the stunning like stunned kind of whoa but you know what i mean like it was a sweetness to him not that she was all business because she does let the, the walls down obviously in their last few moments um face to face but yeah i like that play on the attachment you can see what it really means to him yeah yeah and i like that we got that there's so much that it, that's about the relationship between obi-wan and anakin but but we see anakin generally being calm and friendly and in controlled and poised and then so vulnerable like you, you can see uh little jake lloyd child anakin in his just kind of joy and and uh heartbreak almost at seeing ahsoka and then as soon as he starts to even disagree with obi-wan a little bit about uh that oh ahsoka had to leave uh that's what had to happen this is the will of the force and obi-wan pushes back and anakin immediately starts getting aggressive and angry so you get this little picture of like Oh, there's this this beauty of this this genuine love that Anakin has for Padme and the and the power and, and the gift of attachment, which Anakin immediately turns into kind of a dark thing because it has to be the attachment has to be the way he wants it to be. Mm, yeah, yeah, which is uh, definitely a, a quick path to the dark side. We we talk about the Sith and their 
you know, locking on to things and not transitioning to the next phases of life's careers, whatever you will be. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you pointed it out there that it, it, it that scene we're going to break down a little bit more, but just the, oh yeah, I got an idea. And then once there's a little pushback on it, that the cracks start to show in Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the, what he actually says to Ahsoka when she first appears on the hologram, like he stutters and then the general progression of his thoughts are extremely similar to uh, what he says about uh, Padme when he is first resurrected as a full Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Of right. He asks uh, where she is and if she's okay, which has like a very specific rhythm with, you know, where's Padme? You know, is she all right? Right. Which I thought was was great to that. That's his kind of uh, that's his mindset about the people he loves of where are you so I can immediately come there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and are you okay? It's just so much about him protecting the -hmm. people that he loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that often blocks uh, pathways to to uh, just, I think, more robust um, uh, relationships, um, not just romantic ones, but friendships, parental ones. I, I sometimes struggle with that with my own mother, who's a little bit more like, where are you? How are you doing? And then we can't <laughs> have an actual conversation. It's now all about her fear. Yeah. So Anakin's got a little bit of that, man. He's a hover. He's a helicopter parent, man. <laughs> that's uh that's why people were uh worried about luke he had too much of ken's mom in him <laughs> uh, uh stretching it a little bit there uh moving on to the other uh attachment ideas um you mentioned it already we will dive deep but it, it is so on display of people assuming what obi-wan's connection to duchess satine will translate to in his actions yeah 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 bo-katan Place that card. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I like that he, I, I, that's one of my favorite Obi-Wan lines. There's a lot of great uh, and intriguing Obi-Wan stuff in this episode. And I like that uh, Bo-Katan phrases it, you know, in the past tense of, you know, I, yeah, I thought she meant something to you uh, and, and, you know, or I thought you cared about her. And he's like, I did. And I still do. Mm-hmm. That Just that simple, I still do. Um carries such weight that idea of uh kind of yoda's teachings in revenge of the sith about you know mourn them do not miss them do not you know rejoice for those who have passed in the force which i think can be overly cold and is in some ways meant to be overly cold but in a way this idea that you see obi-wan going like i think about her every day she is with me every second because i you know i remember her and i honor her right yeah, and, and when I say it didn't work for Bo-Katan, I mean, I think it does work, I think, the, it, it, down the line. But Obi-Wan, uh, yeah, again, not, not the right way. I, I, I like what you're saying about the Yoda thing. That's either good advice or harsh advice. Um, <laughs> but that's just a good a good example of someone who is more mature, more down his path, more secure in, in who he is in the situation. And that's how I took this Obi-Wan moment. Yeah, so, to me, I took yeah. it as a, a little bit of... Um, a different look at attachment where there is the assumption from all these warriors of like, Hey, your mortal enemy who killed the love of your life. We found him. Why are you not already in his ship? And him mm-hmm. just going like, I have a different perspective, right or wrong. I, it, it, it's not that simple for me. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on in terms of ideas of attachment, we got the idea of everything being about loyalty to the clones and honoring Ahsoka. Uh, 
to me, that definitely seems like a, a story of attachment. Uh, for you, is that just a joyful version of attachment as a gift? It's it's um, uh, one of the healthy byproducts of attachment, I guess, the sense of loyalty, kinship, connection, greater meaning. It also just works on the surface of, yep, them clones are real loyal until a chip inside them um, uh, clicks on. Um so it's sad, uh, but, but for this particular moment, I like I like it because in terms of attachment to Ahsoka, they're attached to someone who was so human. Uh, well, uh, you know, not human. Uh, uh, Torguta, right? Uh, uh, Torguta, to, yeah, yeah, Torguta to um, to the clones. Um, and I love that moment. I love that it, it's an attachment earned, and that's those are more healthy uh, attachments. Yeah, I, yeah. It seemed to me like a, a, it is. Uh, uh, I was so busy thinking about the attachment, I hadn't thought of the the great point that you made of the uh, the twist of the knife uh, about loyalty meaning everything to the clones um, in in a show full of twist of knives. Uh, but yeah, th- this attachment seemed to me be like the the idea of reciprocity, right? The idea of we are all together and on the battlefield, she is absolutely there for us, so we are absolutely there for her, and we want to honor her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last uh, kind of uh, perspective of attachment that struck me when I was looking at it through that lens is uh, Maul's attachment to Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. uh, we talk a lot about all of Anakin and Vader's issues of what is, what is selfless love versus what is selfish love. You're, you're only afraid to lose someone because you don't want to feel the pain uh, yourself. Uh, but we haven't talked a lot about like Maul just would things be better for Maul if he just let the Obi-Wan thing go. Yeah, I I love that you phrased this, and it, and it is definitely played like this in the show. And it's Maul's. I just love that Maul has assigned everything that's gone wrong in his life to Obi Wan. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and hey, look, uh, maybe he's not wrong. Uh, at some level of being cut in half uh, might be, might uh, you know create some issues. Um, but I love. But I knowing knowing that we uh, where where it goes, knowing where it ends up. Um, that, that starts to, to play. We'll get into that towards the end, but there, there's stuff there. So I love that you highlighted that attachment. It is definitely an attachment. Yeah. I, I love that he, uh, um, that he keeps shooting for bigger galactic goals, Maul. And every time he gets knocked down or stripped from those, he's like, well, what do I have at the core of my being? Killing Kenobi, you know? And it, it almost gets to this, um, a lot of great, you know, Batman Joker storytelling where it's like, do, do you really want to kill him or do you just need him to like fulfill your right. your kind of battle? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really like that the, the episode ended on that beat. Uh, did you have any other thoughts about the general theme of attachment in this episode? No, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much from all angles there. Uh uh, you know, I'm trying to illust- uh, oh, uh, Arjunita's attachment to the side of uh, Space <laughs> Bridge. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that there's that nice little uh, greeting between Ahsoka and R2. So I guess that's that's, that's some true. wonderful, beautiful attachment. Uh, the other thing that I really uh, responded to in this episode, I don't know if I'd call it a big Lucas theme other than uh, Star Wars definitely does have a bit of a Shakespearean uh, Greek tragedy uh, in it and this episode seemed to be uh, about twisting the knife in some ways that it was 
more than just, oh, well, this character would naturally be here. And of course, we know what's going to happen next. There are so many choices in this episode that seem like the creator is going, we know that you know what's going to happen and we want to make it even more painful for you. (laughs) Yes, it is the benefit of of uh, knowledge, benefit of knowing that we all know what what has already happened. We know the endings of all these stories. I always talk about, hey, on rewatches of some shows, uh, the big ones, the Game of Thrones and all those type of big things, where you go back to season one, you're like, oh, God, that's the last time they saw each other. I didn't know it then. Oh, my God, my heart's breaking uh, in retrospect. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> This this is now you're exactly right. They're just like they're almost cracking the knuckles and going, all right, we're going to make you cry. Yeah. Was that effective for you? Did you enjoy that? It. Uh, yeah, it did. I'll tell you why. Um, uh, After my second viewing, I ended up I did watch the beginning of the Clone Wars movie just to see the first time Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan met. Uh, then I went and just, just this morning after I re- rewatched the episode for a third time, I rewatched um, the finale of season two of Rebels just to see the last time Ahsoka and Anakin or to see the next time, you know. Uh, wow. Yeah, just because I wanted to not just for, re- you know, not even not even for research. Actually, to be honest, I didn't take notes or anything. I just was like, I want to I want to feel that again. I want to see that because this uh, this is allegedly the last time. Right. That the. the in Clone Wars uh, episode nine, season seven, and then they don't meet again until uh, stuff here in Rebels. So, yeah, I, I, I guess it worked for me on a real emotional level. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I think there was the, like some really obvious ones. Like I feel like in some ways Anakin and Ahsoka, that's that's a huge part of the, the story. Um, but then there are just all of these choices made to twist the knife. Uh, I would say even that great, uh, you know, hero introduction of Obi-Wan saving Cody you have that great feeling of like, yay, Obi-Wan saved Cody. Oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen there real soon. Just days away, really, right? Yes. (laughs) Too far away. Very, Uh, very soon from now. Um, Yeah. And then the the entire Clone Wars uh, story does this. It plays around with giving us uh, heroic, kind, to me, big brother, uh, little brother, and again, uh, depending on uh, whether you're talking about his relationship with Obi-Wan or Ahsoka, um, but so showing showing the that kind gentleman versus that sudden flashes of anger. But I feel like that was really on display here. Um, we'll talk about this in more detail, but Ahsoka specifically saying, you aren't going back to Coruscant because the people need you. You're going because Palpatine needs you. Um, we'll get into all the nuances of what's going on there. I think just the uh, heightening the tragedy knife twist of us knowing that Ahsoka is right, that Ahsoka doesn't even know how right she is. Right. About how dark the path is really on or already is, but getting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And just that how much Palpatine is literally manipulating them. Like she's looking at it from a perspective of you haven't been helping the little people of Coruscant, but you rush back because you're worried about the chancellor. Uh, But you know, obviously from our future perspective, like, yes, you were, you were puppets dancing on his strings and you don't know it. You don't even know it. Yeah. And then as you were talking about it, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin's parting, uh, comparing that to all of the other various times that they met or parted uh, makes you think of all those moments. Uh, And then just go into the opening, uh, the setup of, you know, the state of the galaxy, the state of the Clone Wars uh, and seeing young Caleb Dune, Kanan Jarrus, how did that hit you? It was fun. I mean, we had seen that right in some other stuff, and 
uh, this I, I'm assuming it's all we're going to get. And so I, I kind of had that fun kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, how many think piece videos were created on uh, what Caleb Doom Doom's going to be doing in Clone Wars season seven? Well, that's what it is. Standing <laughs> Um, and I love that, it, it, but it's fun. Those are the fun Easter eggs and the connections that we uh, get to enjoy when you're into Star Wars this deeply. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just, for me, because of the context of this episode, it was like, ooh, cool. Like if he had popped up in another Clone Wars episode a little farther uh, away from the events of Order 66, it would have been like, ooh, fun, cool cannon drop. Being so close to his tragedy just, again, twisted the knife for me. And then the last uh, thing that we see both Ayla, Sakura, and Plo Koon in their very soon-to-be Order 66 uh, grave areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you phrased it that way in your notes, and I had to go back like the, the, the second time, and, and I clearly I had seen them, but to really now suddenly see a little uh, you know, X eyes on them in their gravesites, like, oh, yeah, no, no, that's not good. That's not good. They're they're in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah, like the the narrator, the you know, booming radio voice is telling us what's going on for all these years of Clone Wars has generally been giving us either recaps or information we really don't know, or there's an ellipsis and we truly don't know what's gonna happen and next in that particular adventure. And I think there was a power to like we knew more than the narrator. Like you could finish his sentence and go, and they'll all die right there. Very yeah. soon. Well, what was interesting about, about that moment, by the way, if you listen to it, uh, particularly if you got uh, like ear pods in, it's an edit. It's an edit. They had Tom Kane. They cut. They cut in with a different line. It changes volume. Um, it's like me badly <laughs> editing GarageBand. It is clearly they added a lot. Like it's it's a it's a sequence. And I know a lot of this season, some of it was done years ago. Some of it's brand new and it's a mishmash and it's hard to find those lines it's really interesting that that's the around the particular time because it's explaining the outer rim sieges it's kind of giving you the strategy of palpatine here and i love that what i love about that moment is you talked about how close it is the tragedy of of, of caleb doom if you've read uh, the kane and jarrah's comic if it does go through the order 66 mo moment with him and his master and like yoda's like literally like pointing at them like and then you'll go do this and kiati you go to magito and like and it's so it, it definitely especially with your note of uh, the Jedi are going to their graves. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. Ouch, Dave. Ouch. Ouch. Ouch, Dave. Do you did you have any other uh, ouch, Dave, uh, moments or uh, of knife twisting as a theme? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, the overall ones, it's a lot of it with, with, with just Anakin and kind of especially about the third time you're watching this. And this is definitely an episode worth rewatching and rewatching it, it it deserves its place on on probably a lot of top 10 lists going forward i i understand and, and we don't even know what's coming yet you know we'll see might only get bigger and better but uh just watching this again and just uh, tracking anakin through this first from the question of how does this sync up to revenge of the sith and mm -hmm. hayden's performance happy birthday hayden there uh, a couple days uh prior uh well yeah no time of this recording and release yesterday um so and some, and I have some questions. So I was like, okay, I don't know if it all syncs up, but just to go back and just the 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 sense of foreboding around him, his his heart, and knowing that what is so close to happening, uh, it it definitely seeps through every scene with Anakin. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really good point that uh, that this episode uh, got us even closer to Revenge of the Sith than I thought. So it, it has this yeah. sense of anticipation of what else are we going to see. Um, 
moving on. We always talk about the moral of the episode, but haha, there wasn't one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you were going to create a moral of this episode, uh, what what would it be? Oh, man, that's a that's a, a pressure here. Um, I, I would say that there is uh, uh, there is a power in letting go. Yeah, that that'd be it. Just the words. There There's is a, a power in letting go. Interesting. I, I, yeah, it might be that, you know, you and I talk about these things and, and generally uh, agree, but I, I came up with something very similar. Okay. Uh, I came up with the idea of a fight for your friends until you must let go. Mm, see, there we go. Yeah, yeah, because it did see, seem like it was really wrestling with those ideas. Um, how did you feel? And in Flowers song. Uh, how did I feel? <laughs> how did you feel about um, there not being a moral? Do you think there will be one at the end of the arc? Uh, no, uh, no, I don't. Um, I, I, again, going joking, jokes aside, but just the confusion in restarting the episode. Uh, then I didn't... S- didn't realize it till the second viewing. I was like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah. They didn't even have that because because there is a title card that comes up. Uh, was this part one, old friends, old friends not forgotten. I think mentally in my head, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there, there's a, the next one was the moral and I was sipping my coffee. It wasn't until the second viewing that I realized they missed it. And I'm okay with that. I, 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 they're, they're trying to take this home in a different way and make it, set it apart. Uh, and, and I'm okay with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think for, uh, I noticed it right away because I, I love talking about those morals and I'm, I'm fascinated that that was the decision that, you know, Lucas and Filoni or both of them together or whoever made at the beginning of the Clone Wars journey. It's one of the things, you know, Lucas gives interviews up and down uh, about Star Wars is for 12 year olds and it's about taking your first steps into the, into the galaxy or into adult life. And, those morals are one of those things that makes it crystal clear that from Lucas's perspective, Star Wars is meant to be uh, didactic. It's meant to teach you something. So to have that such a fundamental idea for me of the Clone Wars not there is another thing that that makes it feel not only like special and different, but also makes me feel like a little bit uneasy. Like mm. suddenly the teacher isn't at the front of the class saying this is the point of the lesson. That's a great point. Yeah, we're on shaky ground and everything's about to fall or we fear it's about to fall. Uh, I like that idea, man. Teachers, school's out for summer. (laughs) School's out for summer. If that is the moral at the end of (laughs) this whole arc, I would be amazed. (laughs) Now some words of wisdom from Alice Cooper. Um, We always talk about the action uh, because usually in Clone Wars, there's a ton of action. It's been a little bit lighter in the uh, Trace and Rafa arc, but this one seemed to more than make up for that. So what do, what were your thoughts on the action and did you have a favorite moment? Yeah, this was playground worthy indeed. And because of that, my favorite action moment was actually something that is setting up the action. I, I do really love, I, I guess I just love spaceships flying into battle. I don't you talk about, I love the blue squadron stuff in rogue one and apparatus arriving. I, I really just love that stuff. I don't know why it has to do with those playgrounds and those toys. We always talk about, I really love when they're, when they do uh, get to Mandalore and the siege is beginning and you got the Republic ships coming in the really awesome Mandalorian ships. I love the design of those. And it just, it, 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 
it has all the big tent poles of Star Wars action that we love over the years, going back to your childhood, going back to uh, four, three, four months ago with, with Rise of Skywalker. Um, it, it is it is the big giant scope, the dread of the war coming, the excitement, the thrill, the adrenaline. Uh, it's all there, and I just love the shot. It's really good from behind. You see, you know, the, the planets in front of everyone creating these silhouettes of ships. Uh, really beautiful stuff. Oh, yeah, very well said. Yeah, I would love, I, you know, I don't, I don't care that we're, uh, we're older. I'd love to get together on the playground with our, you know, uh, lap gunships or Republic gunships and our gauntlet fighter toys and vroom, yeah. vroom, vroom around because we're beginning the Siege of Mandalore. That would be super cool. Um, I love Obi-Wan save I, at the beginning with Cody. I, I love that they really make that hero moment and, and really play that up uh, is, a, is a cool moment for Obi-Wan. And then uh, along with the general, uh, invasion uh of mandalore that you're describing uh, uh, for lack of a better description uh, ahsoka's wild ride of her her just explosion of action there's a, a million individual cool moments in it but it's another moment for me that is really well set up by the previous arc where she was holding back holding back holding back and here now she is just uh using her full power for good and it's kind of uh it's not just cool action it works for the character because he just feels like uh ahsoka unchained uh yeah i love it i have i have i have uh thoughts of that moment uh my journey through it we'll t- discuss later in the episode when we get to it but I, I love that you chose that moment excellent excellent well we are gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna dive into all of the very many juicy details of old friends not forgotten Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we are back here on the Clone Wars Report to report on all the details of old friends not forgotten. Uh, Ken, we're going to just dive in in order and kind of have more bullet points than we have for other episodes because there are so many juicy big ideas that are relevant to this episode and just to, well, all of Star Wars. Absolutely. Uh, so first off, uh, we've got we already talked about it a little bit, but I, I want to look at it from a couple different angles. Uh, the actual show starts with that very old school Lucasfilm Limited intro card. Uh, no moral, red logo, uh, m- much more of the main Star Wars theme than the traditional Clone Wars theme. We talked a little bit about what was the overall effect uh, on you, but what were details of this that that jumped out at, at you in terms of like kind of their significance to the history of Star Wars? I, 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 I'll tell 80% this really positive homage to where, where this story began for a lot of us. And I haven't, you know, I, I love seeing the old things. I, I, I like the new ones, the ones that started showing up with the special editions because it just seemed new and special and shiny. Uh, and I, I love looking back at old, um, graphics for TV shows and movies or they're going back to old sports, uh, you know, uh, sports clips where you'll watch it's like wow that's the graphic package we had back in the day <laughs> so i have it i i loved it and it's it is big like hey remember when you fell in love with this now again a lot of a lot of fans uh, are not experiencing that they, they came to star wars at this point or with clone wars or with the sequel trilogy so it might have just been fun maybe it had less meaning for them i don't know i'd love to hear that perspective um there was i'll say there was about 20 percent of me that i was like what are you what are we doing here are we <laughs> Are we trying to say something? Are we taking a shot across the bow? Dave, Dave is a little cheeky. He's a little cheeky sometimes. So I had a little bit of a different reaction than I saw across the board on the internet of, yeah, I went, yeah, yeah well, okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think for myself, 
I like beyond the, oh, wow, this is special. And did I hit the right episode? Uh, yes. Once I was all on board, I think I really liked it in that it felt like a big part of the message was the Clone Wars started with a movie. And yes, we're going to be broadcasting this as four episodes, but it's ending with a movie. It's ending with an event and using a little bit more in the beginning and, and certainly throughout the episode more clearly and uh, powerfully using very familiar Skywalker saga music themes. It felt like there was an effort to say like, well, Clone Wars has always been a part of this uh, Star Wars story, but now it's, it's really come into its own. Now you should look at this arc is just as vital as any other piece of Star Wars. I, I love that. I love that because there's a lot to pull from here. And I, I shout out to a lot of uh, folks in our Discord server who were pulling a lot of shots and a lot of memes and dropping them into our Clone Wars uh, spoiler uh, chat channel. Um, things that I saw, some that I hadn't paid attention to quite yet and was able to focus on because of them sharing these great photos of, you know, the one going around of look at Anakin and then look at Luke and Last Jedi and how the, the, the Star Wars poetry. But it, 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 it all does go back to this moment to what you're saying of like, hey, Get ready. This is part of the big picture. And it feels yeah. like. Yeah. So all of that made sense to me of uh, making it feel like a movie. The Lucasfilm limited card was really cool to see because I, I do have such, you know, powerful associations. Uh, but I, I, I think I do track a little bit more of like that isn't the logo that was used for the original Clone Wars. So if this is kind of coming full circle with the Clone Wars uh, show and era, you know, is there a meaning or is that just fun? Yeah, I, that's the question I, I had. And I was asked, I was doing a, I was playing battlefront two of the weekend on Twitch. And some people asked me about that. And, and it's not that I'm not over positive. I just like, I'd love to know some of the decision-making behind that. If it just as simply as, you know, it'd be fun. Cause it, it very well could be that. Or if it is, I don't think, I don't think it's some big statement. I don't think it is like, Hey, remember when star Wars was cool from the inside? Like, I don't think it was that. I think cause people can take it that way. Um, but just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Joseph. like, I just can't help but wonder what, what was the process to decide that? I think you, you're talking through it has helped me, uh, get closer to articulating, uh, yeah. not, not, not even an issue with it. A question. I love it. It's aesthetically pleasing. It makes you know it's special uh, for people who, who you know, grew up with that. It's powerful. It, since you don't know the point, it opens the door to people who dislike the sequel trilogy, dislike uh, Lucasfilm under Disney, to think that it is a statement of this is like old school Star Wars. So it's mm -hmm. not even about what the content creator is saying. It opens the door to people who have such a strong negative opinion to think that is what is being said. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, I've seen a few people uh, I work with uh, to tweet out or post on Instagram. Like, Oh, this is the best thing. One of the best things since return of the Jedi, by the way, I do. I, I agree with that. I agree with that hundred percent is one of the, is one of the top to bottom, really fun uh, episode in the beginning of an arc that I think is going to be something I revisit time and time again. So I, I'm in that boat too, but how people use it and then to have that visual the visual connection to 1983 and a lot of the fans eh, it's just one of those things uh, it, we have to rise above it i have to choose to rise above it myself of just like i'm going to connect to what i really love here um yeah it, it's it's a weird time isn't it <laughs> yeah 
I think I'm just going to go ahead and tell, uh, you know, five seconds from now when Dave Filoni gives an interview and tells us exactly why he did that, I'm going to lean into being a Jedi and just saying, it's okay sometimes to not know things and just enjoy yes. it for what it is and try to focus on the positive. Um, I want a specific question here. As soon as this uh, all started and it became clear to me that it was being set up differently, I felt like part of the intent also is, with, with the end credits being very different as well, that these are being broadcast as four chunks, but this will live on as a movie. Do you think that's what's going to happen? That like once this is all done, there'll be an option to watch it on Disney Plus as the uh, bookend of The Clone Wars started with the movie, and now here's the movie to end The Clone Wars? I, I think they should. I think they should. And if it's just a Disney Plus release for a while, that's fine. I don't, I don't see it going into theaters. I don't see a lot of things going into theaters for a while. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that would necessarily work, but um, uh, released as a special Blu-ray edition with some, a lot of maybe documentary stuff on Clone Wars overall, a look, chance to look back at the series. I, I absolutely would be on board for that. Um, I absolutely would enjoy seeing it, especially if it was conceived as let's end this with one final chapter of this story here. Uh, yeah. My, give, give it to me, man. Give it to me. <laughs> Cool, cool. Uh, so moving on to the events of the show itself. There's a battle on Yerbana. Uh, we get to see Obi-Wan and Kobe, uh, Cody, not Kobe, Obi-Wan and Cody pinned down. Uh, Anakin shows up with a confidence, poise, and a plan. Uh, what did you get out of just this opening dynamic between Cody and Obi-Wan are, are in big trouble, and here comes Anakin uh, ready to save the day? What spoke to you here? It. It is. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna mention the the full circle poetry stuff a lot in this particular episode, which I think is what they want us to do because <laughs> it, it's all there. I, I think for me this goes back to even what we're saying up top, just see, fulfilling the promise of a lot of things stated about their relationship, both in in, in uh, New Hope, uh, literature, Star Wars books, whatever, and and even Revenge of the Sith at the end. You were my brother, Anakin. Like I, it, this is. Not the first time, especially not in the Clone Wars and the animated series. But this this is really they're on equal footing. They're on a level playing field here, you know, like and, and Obi-Wan's a little bit in trouble in this moment. Uh, Anakin's being cheeky himself. Just I, I, I remember the first time just going, duck, you're you can still get hit by laser bolts, man. All right. Come on. duck. <laughs> He's but got the little dodge, that cocky yeah. dodge. Yeah, it's. um. It's it, again, this goes beyond just full circle. Look how far they've come and look how far the relationship, but it just casts them in this light of equals to me in a lot of ways. Different parts, different lessons. Anakin's, we know what's where it's going to happen with them, but you know what I mean? Like, this is they've been fighting, they've been doing this for a long time to see it all work like a well oiled machine. They truly are brothers to me. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think there is definitely like that camaraderie and that uh, brotherliness and really kind of celebrating those characters of Obi-Wan being a little snarky and, and, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but saying to Cody like, well, so I guess things aren't going great here. Um, so we get some just that's that's classic uh, Obi-Wan. I think what I was really struck by is that definitely brothers, like you're saying, but Anakin had a vibe of the student becoming the master that he is demonstrating the things that Obi-Wan has been trying to teach him for years. He is, uh, you know, calm and poised and confident and wise. And in a part of this uh, conversation, while Obi-Wan is still crouching behind uh, that bit of wreckage and Anakin is sitting on top of it, Anakin literally has the high ground. And 
I don't oh. think that's intended as a cheeky joke. I think it is really like a visual reinforcement of this is one of those moments where you think this is who Anakin could have been if he tapped into all of his natural strengths, his gifts, his kindness, and truly learned and acted on all the lessons that Obi-Wan has taught him. That's a, that's wonderful. I think it's a great description of the scene. Uh, I love a good high ground reference because a lot are put out there and some of them are like, yeah, yeah, okay, we, he was standing on something a little higher. No, this one, it, it's shot. It looks like it. Uh, and it's going to be really flipped on its head in a few days, right? And I yeah. think it, that really works for me. Yeah. I think the other thing in terms of a full circle, it's kind of emotional, but it is also, you just rewatched it, so remind me if I'm, I'm full of hooey, but the... Clone Wars movie uh, starts also with a battle where Anakin and Obi-Wan are pinned down on a bridge. Oh, 100%. And that's part of the reason uh, uh, I watched it on Saturday. I watched the first maybe 20, 25 minutes of the, of the movie. Which, by the way, I, I've, always thought, I've always thought that there's a lot of stuff in that first half of that Clone Wars movie that's really good, which we've talked about. And, and, and there's some issues that come later on. But I, I think it's worth a rewatch if you're out there listening and haven't seen it in a while. Uh, no, it's, 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 I'm not gonna say beat for beat, but it's, it's tremendously intentional. Uh, the, a lot of people have remarked that the, the Urbana bridge is pretty much the Golden Gate bridge and that they, um, are very much near Lucasfilm's, uh, Presidio, uh, location right now in real life that, that, that <laughs> you pass, uh, you know, you've been up there just, I actually haven't been on the campus, but you know, recently drove past the, on the Golden Gate bridge, you're, you turn left and you're, you'd be there. So that's kind of fun in its own way, but yeah, no, it's, it's. It's definitely like, here's where we were ending, where we began. Yeah, oh, that's really great. Uh, I hadn't made the specific uh, bridge connection uh, to the real world. I was too busy uh, connecting different beats of uh, Star Wars fantasy world. But now I'm going to zoom in and see if I can find the Yoda fountain there on your Bana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like in, the, in this next beat, uh, a lot of the uh, full circle and the references to the Clone Wars movie continue. Uh, in that Anakin fakes a surrender, which is a part of uh, Obi-Wan's uh, tactic mm -hmm. with General Lulsom. He sits down and has the tea as a, as a fake surrender. So there's a direct reference to uh, that first act of the Clone Wars movie as well. Anakin, of course, uh, draws out the tactical droid here. R2, Rex, and the 501st literally fly in. We got classic Star Wars action adventure rescue music. A lot of this, uh, we got a lot of tweets already about different moments and ideas that this scene evokes. So for you, was, was all of this good Star Wars nostalgia poetry? And, and if so, why? Yeah, I think it was good because there's so much stuff on the surface with it. It pays homage to things uh, we love, but it, 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 it's not, you can enjoy it without, like, I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't, immediately on the on first viewing didn't immediately connect in my brain luke walking out on crate to anakin there it's very clear once you see it again shout out to some of our discord people i, I remember the, seeing it there first going oh yeah 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 I, yeah oh, why i'm stupid how come i didn't see that so there's that kind of stuff and it works but i didn't my point is i didn't get lost in it um we always go to the dr evison panda baba rogue one moment is uh, people always go to that as you see it and go, yeah, all right, okay. I personally like it. Some people don't. That that's an example of not maybe some some well received, not well, not as well received nostalgia. Uh, I didn't get lost in it, particularly in these openings. It just was more emotional and connected to the story. Um, this was just a great sequence on its own. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, and visually, you know, Anakin uh, standing alone in front of this uh, army of machinery is definitely visually uh, related to Luke on crate. Uh, but a couple of people tweeted us as well that they really felt that this scene was evocative of Luke's rescue of Han uh, on, on in Tatooine. Um, oh, yeah. With R2, you know, springing a surprise and, and being ready and that music being the just the classic triumphant. Our heroes are in action and they are exactly in the right place doing the right thing. There is there's no gray area here. Just cheer. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so I, I think even musically it is that that sequence, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not an expert. I'm not Mark Riley or David W. Collins on the soundtracks. Um, but I think it is the Tatooine sequence, at least parts of it. Could be mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, did it? Did that get you fist pumping? Did it work the same way it works in Return of the Jedi? Yeah, yeah. You know why? I'll tell you because the the moment the when it when it really kicks in, um, you know something's going on, right? Obviously, you get it. But when R 2s there, and then everyone's down below. There's this one great moment. Little side note of just like when Rex says, uh, "All right, guys, we have fellas, we have to hang here a little longer." And like one of them, one of the clones is like, "Oh, all right, <laughs> <laughs> let me go fight now." Anyways, uh, when they all when they all come up and the battle begins, that was actually the first moment on on first viewing that I went like, "Oh man, they are just bringing this man. They've got they're they're presenting a a, a, a movie to us. Like they're going for action with the music more than anything. We've had great clone wars battles in this series for six, seven seasons now, but uh, this was just like all cards are on the table. And I, I got a big smile on my face. Yeah. Between Anakin Skywalker, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, R2D2, uh, it, that music, it, it feels like it's very much supposed to be. Uh, this Star Wars is going to Star Wars, really Star Wars right now. It's just so <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last thing I'll say is uh, just in terms of tactics, I like that this is uh, Anakin is doing to me what is much more of a normal Obi-Wan move, which I feel like is very much on purpose of like, I'm not just being brash and going, I'm the chosen one. I'm, I have better abilities than everybody so I can kick everybody's ass. Uh, which we see him do in the Clone Wars sometimes. This is very much like, I know we need the tactical droid. I know how to get him out. I, I've i planned ahead with Rex. You know, I have support. And I, I really like that showing Anakin being a badass, but a thoughtful badass. Yeah, he was a cunning warrior, right? This is, uh, this yeah. is full on display here. Yeah, that is a great pull, uh, Ken, that that is the cunning warrior moment. And we, we move on from the cunning warrior moment to a call from Fulcrum. Uh, we get a juicy Saw Gerrera mention. That's nice. Uh, but uh, we learn that Ahsoka and Bo-Katan uh, Bo have called. Uh, and we have that uh, that interaction with uh, Anakin uh, seeing Ahsoka uh, via hologram for the first time. Then a little co- uh, conversation with Anakin and Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, basically expresses that, uh, well, this it had to happen this way. This is why Ahsoka had to leave the Jedi Order or else this chain of events wouldn't have happened. Obi-Wan says, well, that's one way to look at it. Um, so first I want to ask you about the Fulcrum stuff. Did you just get fun uh, nerd chills from that or how did that hit you? I would like you to answer for me why I get so giddy when I hear Sagarera's name. 
It happens every time, even in, in, in Fallen Order. Uh, you know, a game that I do like, but I don't love that mode of like, hey, Sakura. Um, I, I do love it. I don't know why I love I I mean, I know why I love the character in, in all iterations. I love the Clone Wars stuff, season five, the Onderon stuff. If you haven't seen it out there uh, in the audience, go check that out. Um, yeah, I just, I did a, I did a little, a little nerd chill giddiness uh, laugh. Yeah. I like the fulcrum connection. I like the way it's been built up and assigned to lots of different, you know, burgeoning rebel heroes. But there is something about Saw Gerrera being just uh, the tragic glue that holds the uh, early rebellion together, even starting here at the end of the Clone Wars. And I think there's something about the the fulcrum that that attached that to it. Yeah, it got me thinking. Uh, we'll talk, we can talk some other time about Saw Gerrera. Just like yeah, because you know, season five, uh, you know, the Onderon arc and and loses his sister, all that stuff. But then like. He's still fighting and he's still, uh, you know, and at this point fighting for the Republic and what just a twist of his mind it must be to have all that turn on him, you know, <laughs> like to suddenly the thing he was kind of fighting for is now the bad guys. That's more than any other character. I think he'd be affected by that. I'm fascinated. I love yeah. Saw. I don't know. I love Saw. Well, maybe we should do a deep dive Saw episode because I, I love him too. Yeah. Um, but I want to move on to this conversation between uh, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. Uh, how did you feel about Anakin's sort of um, uh, need to think that everything happened for a reason? And Obi-Wan throwing out a different version of, well, from a certain point of view. And you get the sense with the, that it's a certain point of view that Obi-Wan doesn't agree with. How did that hit you? Oh, Obi-Wan. It hit me good. It, it, it's a lot of those real world thoughts. I, I don't think Anakin's wrong. I, I talk often about, you know, the thing that, you know, troubles you or a failure, <clears throat> excuse me, um, something that goes wrong. <clears throat> I've talked uh, on, on my Knapsack Files podcast, my car accident recently, I got my car totaled and, you know, I'm fine. But then, you know, a situation I, I'm now, um, I got paid out for that car and that's how I can buy food during this pandemic lockdown. I would not have thought that on that day, you know, like as I'm driving away in a total car and a tow truck kind of stressed. And so I love that kind of thought. Anakin has that kind of thought. So I always love to connect it to real world stuff of like, you're where you need to be in your journey. And you look back and you go, that's why I did it. However, I think there can sometimes be to this adherence to this destiny. And you and I have talked a lot about, and I'm fascinated by those conversations of no destiny brings you to those point of choices and you make those choices. Um, and you still have to make them with care, concern, and and have a good attitude. It will all work out. So I, it's all at play here in that scene for me. I don't think Anakin, Anakin starts wrong, but I think Obi Wan's got that like, yeah, this, we're, but we still have some tough choices to make here, kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it is it, it is a big part of Star Wars that idea of uh, letting go and in the Force will guide you. We see many very clearly positive examples of that and and i think it is a, a great philosophy to have in life like um if i hadn't done the one specific uh panel that our, our mutual friend audrey kearns asked me to do you and i might not have met or we would have met years later and maybe you know the dominoes wouldn't have fallen to uh where we're sitting at home in our pajama pants talking about star wars over the internet hey i have socks on <laughs> so I, I really appreciate that there in general, Star Wars has a very positive attitude to that of like, well, maybe these things happen for a reason. What I love about this is it feels like a twist on it, because I think to me, the way it happened, the way this felt was this is not Anakin calmly meditating. Mm -hmm. Anakin needs that 
his loss and failure of Ahsoka to have meaning so he doesn't feel bad about it. It feels almost selfish. It feels like he needs this to be true. And I think that's why Obi-Wan is kind of uh, pushing back on it a little bit Mm. because it isn't about the general cosmic truth. It feels like it is selfishly about Anakin Uh, because when Obi-Wan says, well, yeah, I mean, you could, that's one way to look at it. Anakin gets really kind of angry for the first time in this episode and says, it's the only way to look at it, which then immediately has rhythms with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's eventual conversation about only Sith deal in absolutes, which, Mm -hmm. you know, gets complicated because that is an absolute. We'll have that conversation. Uh, We've had that one before. But uh, the intent of Anakin resisting any idea of being fluid or letting go and having to see things only from one point of view. Yeah, it, it's it's. I'm trying to get into Obi Wan's head here, uh, and you have uh, you you have a better roadmap into Obi's head than I do a lot of times. And, and so check me here. Just this idea of does he not that he knows knows about Anakin and stuff, but just like when you can see someone like locking themselves in, and Anakin saying, "No, that's the only way to look at it." That might be fine in that moment. And again, I believe there's some force guiding Ahsoka around here in the situation. But like if things start to go awry. And you, it's your, your, your mental Jenga stack is going to topple a lot easier. And I, I just see, you know, Obi-Wan in this moment of just like, is that, a, is, is that, a, I'm asking a question more than anything of just like, well, well, Anakin, I, I don't want you to get locked into something here. Yeah. <laughs> and I need you to be not like a Sith, not Palpatine holding on to life to the point where he, he's going to need to stick around because he, he can't transition to the next phase of, of existence in his life um, to connect to the big deeper stuff with the Sith. But yeah, you know what I mean? So it's a fascinating moment. It's a fascinating little minute conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is definitely what you're saying about that concern about Anakin's rigidity, even though Obi-Wan himself can be rigid, obviously, and and so can the Jedi. But I think for me, it was more about Obi-Wan, I think, knows deep down that Anakin is not willing to face or deal with his pain. He's not willing to let something be broken. That's one of the the subtle, not, it's not even subtle. We just, Star Wars fans don't talk about it a lot. The through line in the, in the prequels of Anakin being a mechanic who can fix things and him even saying, in Attack of the Clones about, you know, it's so much easier when I'm working on machinery, I can just fix it. He wants to fix everything. And I feel like this is a moment where Anakin is constructing a model of what happened so he can fix the fact that he feels he hurt Ahsoka. And I, I feel like it's Obi-Wan going, Anakin, you should just accept that you, me, the Jedi Order, everybody, we let Ahsoka down. We made a mistake. We caused her pain. We need to just embrace that let that be true and then move on and i think he's seeing anakin just going nope 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 none of that was bad it just had to happen so i am absolved of feeling bad about it look i fixed it yeah uh, yeah that's 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 great stuff and and that's where you know uh his fall just a short while later what you know we're so close to the fall we're so close to the fall and basically palpatine palpatine selling him that line of yeah 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 you you can you can fix anything with padme you can keep it going uh, and those fears are having and so it does track it, ta- it tracks in a, in a good way man a big way cool cool thank you uh for letting me uh um, lose my mind oh. on obi-wan thoughts a little bit there uh no, we so 
there's there's more Obi Wan thoughts coming, everybody. So we move mm-hmm. on to them uh, making the battle plan or pitching the battle plan uh, when Bo Katan and Ahsoka actually arrive. Uh, Bo Katan wants a Mandalorian Republic siege on the city uh, to capture Maul and overthrow Almec. Ooh, Almec. Um, we learned specifically that this would. Uh, I guess this has been dealt with before in the Clone Wars, but this is a really fine point uh, that this would break treaties between Mandalore and uh, the Republic. And Obi-Wan uh, gets pressured about his relationship with uh, Satine, but he wants to contact the Jedi Council and get permission and not uh, start another war. So this is some juicy Obi-Wan talk. How do you feel about Obi-Wan's actions here? I, I, it's correctly measured. It is, uh, we always talk about Obi-Wan being the poster child of, of the Jedi in many ways, uh, uh, you know, in terms of in the order, Ahsoka might be doing things a little bit better recently for the spirit of the order. Uh, I think it's, it's cause it is, it's, it is all passion from Bo-Katan and, 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 and mil- from a military standpoint, if you want to get to that level, yeah, Maul being out of the picture is a, it's a good thing, but, but it's not, connected and I and maybe I'm wrong here. it's not connected in the big picture right now um yeah and they have to think big picture that's their duty that's their job for better or worse and there's a lot of worse to that we're gonna have a little bit more discussions on this kind of stuff in a second but you can't deny and again Bo-Katan's not wrong about Katie Sackhoff great work in this episode I thought she was just spot on yeah really a lot of anger hurt and passion uh, behind her or in the scene particularly here and it's the treaties there's a lot of bigger things on obi-wan's plate in this scene that bo-katan doesn't have to worry about if that makes sense yeah yeah so I'm and i'm following him here on this path okay okay you're on team obi-wan at this moment yeah yeah i think so too uh shockingly uh, that it'd be supporting Obi-Wan. I, I think to me, it gets to like some of the great points of uh, the Jedi philosophy that uh, Obi-Wan is following or, or trying to follow poster child, as you said, um, there's some rigidity in there. That is certainly a, a critique of the Jedi ways. But what I love about this is of course, Obi-Wan wants to arrest Maul and stop him as a threat. But I think for him, it's so important of why he does it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, what's being pitched to him is don't you want to ignore treaties and rules and get revenge? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's not pitched to him as justice. It's not pitched to him as this is what Satine would want. Satine would probably be with Obi-Wan on this, knowing that she was a pacifist. Uh, you know, that, that was a strong statement, debatable. We'll get back to that. Um, but I think for Obi-Wan just being like, yes, one of the ways I honor Satine Satine, who threw it in my face that Jedi should not be generals, is I'm not going to run off half cocked on a revenge mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, we talk a lot about um, the Jedi in the prequel era having a real uh, macro view, not a micro view. And I think the idea that Obi Wan saying, I am not going to start a war, a second war. This is a big deal, and I can't let my personal feelings toward Maul or about Satine uh, or even just really wanting to help Ahsoka uh, get uh, everybody into a war. It's not my responsibility to to start a war. That's a bigger decision. Yeah, and I love Boca. I love Bo-Katan throwing it back in his face of what's one more, uh, which I, I didn't take as just a flippant comment. I took as a, uh, well, you're already busy 
fighting wars, you peacekeepers. Um, <laughs> and but I think in what you're discussing, I love this. I love I love following you into the cave of Obi Wan's mind. <laughs> this stuff connects to Maul, Kenobi, and Rebels in the final moments. This compassion versus vengeance, growth, personal growth, letting things go, rising above your situation. Uh, versus holding on to it, uh, not just Jedi Sith, but on a personal level. That's to me what that fight with that final fight between Maul and Kenobi was, and it's connecting here because well, he did run off before. What did that? What happened? Satine died. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and and that was one of those moments of Obi Wan breaking the rules. And, yeah, and it hundred sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, you know, go ahead, yeah, but I just, and Bo-Katan, I don't think Bo Bo-Katan's not wrong at all to be like, let's go kill him don't you want to do this because she probably senses there's a glimmer in his eye wanting that but obi-wan rises above that situation yeah it speaks directly to the moment when maul actually does murder satine and he expects that to break uh obi-wan and you can see that obi-wan is hurt and angry but he he gives that great little speech about you know falling to the dark side is following the dark side is weakness like you get this uh, idea that like well of course i'm tempted but I'm not going to give in because I'm not weak. Um, so you get that. And when he broke the rules uh, that y- you mentioned um, to go try to help Satine, again, that's defense. He he was going there to rescue her. And yeah. I think uh, we're going to get into this, but I think Bo-Katan and Ahsoka, particularly Ahsoka, are arguing, we want you to go help save the Mandalorian people who are going to be under the thumb of Maul and Almec. But that's yeah. not the way it's being pitched to Obi-Wan right here. It's being pitched to Obi-Wan is, don't you want to start a war for revenge? <laughs> He's like, no, I don't. I'm going to go follow the proper chain of command. Yeah, and I, I gla- I'm, gla- I'm really glad you broke that down because there, uh, that's part of Bo-Katan's reasoning. She says it. It, it is for her people. And, and if, that, if it had been sold, and perhaps Obi-Wan's then taking that up the chain and selling it like that, Going, hey, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a revenge tour for old Ben Kenobi or future Ben Kenobi. Uh, I'm out of this. But there is some truth to this. There, we do, some people need help. And if he can sell that on the way up, because at some point they sell some plan, even, you know, uh, where you get to the, the course at moment in a second. But I, if someone had to be sign off some paperwork to be like, yeah, take half of the 501st and, and go fight. Like, what? Yeah. It's like a, important division and, and and some yeah 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 go uh, some former employee of ours is going to lead them in the battle well no rex is uh, all right yeah let's go for it like someone had to agree to that <laughs> yeah. so Obi-Wan saw that. but but going back to this moment there is a difference in um uh, in, in what bo-katan and, and ahsoka do want out of the situation helping the people yeah the, so, yeah you're right yeah and i think it speaks to how thin the jedi are stretched and how much they're focusing on these outer rim sieges and let's uh, let's wrap this up um because you know in that son of dathomir comic maul has been a priority and and they send off a bunch of people to try to pin him down so it's not like the jedi don't in the jedi council in particular don't see maul as a threat that needs to be dealt with it really does feel like they are beleaguered and they have to make choices yeah i like that yeah that's a good phrase to do yeah because mandalore under maul's rule fully functional and if they choose a side that's always been kind of the, the you know, Mandalore kind of sitting this one out was kind of a concern, you know, if they started tipping towards the separatist side. So even just on, on, on those on those levels, it's a concern. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so move on and so we can dig into some of those how did they sign the paperwork issues. Um, we get the scene of honoring Ahsoka, that the clones are, are still um, saluting to her and that they have, uh, the 501st has painted their helmets in tribute to Ahsoka. How did this hit you? Uh, it, well, it, it hit me good. Um, not, not unfortunately, but fortunately, we we were blessed. A lot of us saw this before, so we had seen this scene or at least this moment before. So it I, it was one of those. Uh, are they going to get to that moment? But that's fine. It still worked. It's still uh, connected to this bigger thing of clones loyalty. Um, and uh, I thought that was more important than whether or not when I saw it or when we all saw it. Yeah, yeah, that, same thing. It was it was a beautiful moment. It made me uh, think about coming full circle since we get to see Rex and Ahsoka meet in the Clone Wars movie. But uh, some of the emotional impact was diluted from having already already seen it. Yeah. Uh, and then go ahead. No, it, it is what it is. Sometimes uh, even even in a movie trailer, you're going to see something. Yeah. 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 So that's just the way it is. That's the way. Mm-hmm. Um I cherry picked a couple of details because I wanted to ask you about them. Um, we of course learn that Grievous has attacked Coruscant. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. We learn that Shakti is guarding Palpatine, and a little later, Anakin mentions that he uh, that Ahsoka can take out Maul and he'll take out Grievous. So all of these details, some big, some small, were extreme uh, Revenge of the Sith setup. How did it affect you to hear all of these details together? And did any of them pop for you? Oh yeah, man! This is one of those uh, nerd chill moments. Indeed, when that when that because um, what he's he's trying to give Ahsoka the lightsabers, right? When when the the the, the horns, yeah, start. he gets interrupted from giving her the lightsabers, which which we will get to. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, so uh, when Obi Wan comes right back in and he says, uh, "No, it's Coruscant, previous attack." I you know because that's been the big question of how much is this going to go into Revenge of the Sith? How you know, and the, the fact that we're we are now on the doorstep of the opening crawl of revenge of the Sith. It is just for a star Wars nerd like me, like you and a lot listen. And man, what a cool moment. The shock T thing, which is the, uh, you know, the, the confusing deleted scene saga of shock T <laughs> continues. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it just, it was one of those. Yep. Let's get to it. Let's do this. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it was uh, so powerful for all those reasons of, yeah. Ooh, just the big question of like, how much is the rest of these three episodes just going to stay hyper-focused on Ahsoka and Rex? Uh, we, we know we've seen that one little clip of Mace Windu saying one of his lines from Revenge of the Sith. They're like, how much are we going to dance and weave in the narrative of Revenge of the Sith? Uh, the shock tea thing, it, I, I, I sometimes feel bad when I get excited about a uh, uh, perfectly good character being murdered. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah, just fully on screen, not in a vision. Not in a deleted scene because she, yeah. she's died so many places, so many ways. Show us in full color canon with big music. Let's kill Shakti in yeah. canon once and for all. <laughs> oh, poor Shakti. Because this is the kind of thing that like people have been hounded and like, yep, yep, yep. There's a vision of her uh, being killed in, in Clone Wars. So, yep, that's the that's the canon answer. So, like, felt like fun teasing. I thought it was great setup for uh, some of the push and pull of Anakin that he's got his heart set on personally taking out Grievous. Right. That he mentions, yeah, and I'll get Grievous, you know, which obviously ends up being a factor in in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, So uh, moving on to the next uh, moral philosophical battle between uh, Ahsoka and Kenobi uh, with Anakin in in the middle. Uh, 
So uh, Ahsoka is upset that it doesn't seem like they are going to help with Mandalore. And she tells uh, Kenobi that uh, she had lost faith in the de- in the Jedi until she was reminded what they mean for the people who need them. Uh, this is where she is making the argument of, I want to go to Mandalore to help the people of Mandalore. Uh, and you want to go uh, rescue the chancellor. You want to go rescue the politician. So is is this the debate of the jedi and uh if so who who's right <laughs> it, i think it's part of the big uh, picture debates of the jedi and it's 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 so hard and i don't know if either's right neither's wrong i love cuz i think the last four episodes the the rafa and trace stuff have done a great job of explaining this point of view i think ahsoka it's a final lesson for ahsoka it's part of her character that's why i think those four episodes are are overall really key um pacing issues aside uh those those are key to the development of ahsoka but also the big picture questions of in the story in this particular moment though i'm with obi-wan from a certain point of view where I don't think Ahsoka's wrong at all. I think her heart is completely in the right place. And the words she's saying are stinging for a reason. But I also think when uh, I'm paraphrasing, but Obi-Wan's kind of like, hey, that's not fair. You're, you're putting me in a real, real corner here. <laughs> We're not just going to save Palpatine. Now, yes, there's some manipulations in the big picture. And I love all that coming together. Uh, but like, this is this is not uh, you know a walk in the candy shop here. It's not a walk in the park and, or a candy shop. A candy shop in a park. Um, we got to do this, Ahsoka. I, I don't know. I had that reaction to it. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no. I think um, I, I really enjoyed it because I agreed with both of them. You know, it's the benefit of getting to be the viewer and, and understand where both of them are coming from. And I love from Ahsoka's perspective that we went through her learning this lesson of like, oh, if I don't get caught up in those macro politics of who approved what and and having some you know high and mighty board from far away sitting in in you know the the lush capital of the galaxy frankly you know uh deciding on high who i can help and who i can you know watch die in front of me if i free myself of that i just trust the force and somebody appears in front of me and needs help and i help them that's Mm. beautiful And, and i think that goes to Lots of Star Wars st- storytelling in in the Skywalker saga and Rogue One about how it, how you have if you have power and we all have power you have a responsibility to act and not acting is an action you know to me it, it goes to Luke being on Octo and wrestling with these things of, of Obi Wan and Yoda being in hiding and trying to decide when to act of Jin Erso finally deciding I don't care if I die that I have to act you know it goes to the heart of a lot of those ideas uh so i i really like that perspective but then from obi-wan's perspective he's trying to he's trying to believe that the jedi are right and that he even says like no i'm i'm going to rescue the people of coruscant coruscant's being invaded yeah but then ahsoka accurately points out like yeah but what are you actually gonna do Mm. you're gonna fly in and save palpatine so I feel really bad for Obi-Wan because I think, uh, A, he hates politics. So Ahsoka going, you know, you're being political again, is a that's a deep cut because we know uh, it gets mentioned again and again, you know, yeah. 
Obi-Wan says at the end of this uh, rescuing Palpatine, go have your glorious day with the politicians. Like, he doesn't like politics. So Ahsoka knows she's twisting the knife. And I feel bad for Obi-Wan because I think his heart is in the right place. And he so doesn't realize that he is being um, manipulated. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's part of this system that does have all these cracks in it, whether he sees it or not, or can change a lot of it or patch those cracks. He he is part of it, yeah. And uh, again, again, she's she's so right in a lot of ways. I don't want that to make make it sound like I don't I don't agree with her uh, in this particular scene. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it was it was a low blow, a low blow in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, very 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 painful uh, for Obi Wan, and and who knows if he is considering it as he uh, is going about his events of Revenge of the Sith now too, where where he feels like maybe this is a spot where I'm lying to myself a little bit, where I say I say I was going back to Coruscant to help the people, and what I ended up doing is just running around and and rescuing the quote unquote you know important person, and yeah. I think that's the a part of the power of Ahsoka of she just she just went through the the process of rescuing the actual people of Coruscant, Rafa and Trace. Yeah. Not the high and mighty. Uh, the only one who's really Im- most important is Palpatine because he is, you know, the political leader in, in the quote unquote important one. Uh, anyway, anyway, we could talk about that point forever. So we, we move on to the plan that gets made. Uh, Rex is made a commander, Ahsoka an advisor in the 501st split in half. Ahsoka does seem to want, uh, Obi-Wan's, uh, agreement before agreeing to this herself. And, uh, Obi-Wan does agree to it. And he advises Ahsoka to capture Maul because he won't stay dead. Fun, great line for Obi-Wan. Yeah. But, uh, is this a good plan? <laughs> they're, they're still breaking that treaty. Yeah, no, I mean it is. I get, I'm okay to 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 crack some eggs to make that omelet. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, um, it's gonna be messy. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't, I, I don't know what else you could have done. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what else is so there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you were talking about the sort of how big of a decision this is to like. No, I mean that's three star destroyers uh, over uh, Mandalore. That's a lot of ships. That's a lot of clones. Uh, did you? I know you sometimes have a reaction as somebody who comes from um, a military family and you worked in security yourself. Did did you have a, a sort of tactical reaction to that? Uh, yeah, it, 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 it the five hundred first is supposed to be the best, right? It's Vader's fist down the line, and Rex is one of the best. Uh, and and look, this is also, by the way, Rex has got to be out of the picture uh, for some key events, right? Uh, yeah technical stuff at play here so it works in that level and i'm not going to question that um but having fun as we like to do to crawl into the story and pretend you're actually in this world um i would love to see that moment i I think it's not something that would make it into a show or a script but i would love to see obi-wan said uh yes uh master windu um yeah half the five of first is gone (laughs) yeah I mean, I think that you can watch this episode quickly and feel like uh, Ahsoka is is in the right and, and Obi-Wan is is uh, deserving of the criticism that Ahsoka lays at his feet. But ultimately, Obi-Wan does go, OK, yeah, um, you know what? Splitter fighting force in half, uh, risk starting another war. You know, I, I, I recognize this is important and you you want to help people from the goodness of your heart, Ahsoka, and, and this will help the people of Mandalore. So, uh, yeah, 
I'll be the one who says, uh, so Mace, I made an executive decision. <laughs> uh, no, great. Now go get your Jedi starfighter and go rescue the chancellor. Yeah, it's fun, but I, I love these kind of questions. I love it. I love it. And I never, never like seeing tactics used as, um, uh, uh, film criticism, by the way, it drives me a little right. crazy. Um, so that a lot in season eight of Game of Thrones, but uh, it's just fun to it's fun to discuss them. And I think sometimes, by the way, I think sometimes part of the stories are mistakes are made in tactics or mistakes are made with their decisions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, we're uh, we all know how to defend a castle when we're sitting at home. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, moving on. Uh, Anakin gives Ahsoka her lightsabers with an upgrade emotional moment. Uh, now the lightsabers, which used to be green, are blue. What did this mean to you from an emotional standpoint first, and then we'll get uh, nerdy and technical and worry about canon. But just from an emotional standpoint, what did it mean to you? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I am. Uh, I. I would have been upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, Annie, they were green, Sky Guy. Where, where the hell? Where the hell are the green ones? Please. Um, I, that's just me. Uh, I famously threw a fit. I was probably a spoiled uh, 12 year old, but I came home from school. My mom had changed my room around. She said, I just thought you'd like a new design of my room. And I threw a fit like, <laughs> no, no, it's not what I like. Um, so that aside, take Ken out of the moment. It was, uh, you know, look, a Jedi getting the lightsabers back. It's great. Anakin. I'm, I'm very curious what you think about Anakin. What I assume is turning them blue. Um, is it, is it like, you're like me, uh, blue is better. Like what, what's the choice here for Anakin? What do you think? Yeah. I, it, it struck me like your, uh, your example about your mom is actually dead on. I, I were you raised by Anakin Skywalker? This is the second time this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're really getting to some therapy here. <laughs> this is the real star Wars counseling. Uh, no, I took it as a kind gesture that hinted toward possessive and controlling like that again it's the, the it's the the tragedy of anakin of he truly does feel such deep love but the way that he expresses it keeps being in, in a strangely selfish and possessive way this idea that i upgraded them now they're closer to mine now now we're closer together these are better somehow. And there's a bunch of technical stuff that, you know, we're going to talk about of, you know, what did he actually do and, and mm-hmm. are they upgraded? But just going from the emotional perspective of the color, uh, it does feel like somebody saying, I really want you to look your best. I bought you a new outfit. And then you give them the clothes that you're wearing or the a duplicate of the clothes that you're wearing of like, I made them better. I made them more like mine. I'm glad we're having this. I'm seriously glad uh, we're having this guy because that was my that was my reaction of what the hell. <laughs> in, in story, because first you know it's like it, I, it's not a canon mistake. You know, it's not that it, Dave Filoni in his cowboy hat would not make that let this mistake be made. Um, so I, I yeah no, and I, I have to. I'm, I'm as you're talking, I'm replaying the moment in my head. I, I I can't. I should even bring it up on Disney Plus, but I don't want to mess up. A recording remotely brings challenges. Um, like even the look on his face, I me Ken interpreted as Anakin going like eh eh like my <laughs> right better. Like it was, a, it was a great moment, but it was a 
a fun, weird moment for me too. Yeah, and to me, it goes to this this uh, theme of Anakin wanting to fix things and, and being so attached to kind of his uh, yeah. mechanical past of like I can fix things of like he instead of looking at them and just meditating and missing Ahsoka, he's got to mess with them and try to fix them. Mm. To you know, and it feels like more of like he can't just process that a bad thing happened in his relationship with Ahsoka. He has to try to make it better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love diving into these moments. Sometimes we just, you know, we spent 20 minutes discussing the opening, uh, you know, logo. <laughs> uh, and it's in our way. We have a lot of fun doing this, and we thank you all for letting us go on this journey with you. But uh, I, 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 I love your take on this. Yeah, it's, it, it's not wasn't all sweet for me. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that to me it is bittersweet because it is so clearly coming from a place of love. It's so clear that Anakin adores Ahsoka and wants to make her happy, but it's just he's got his own issues to work through before he can best do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The intentions, the intentions are there. The intentions appear, uh, and I even love the little wood box. And I have, I had a little warm vision of Anakin, like you know, to me, to me, and. Uh, uh, to to me, he did this long before, like or wherever she's been gone, like maybe the week after she left, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, I don't think he got those FedExed when he heard she was coming. I think he's been on the Outer Rim sieges with uh, Ahsoka's souped up lightsabers in a little box, just like, well, just in case I find Ahsoka. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, all right, l- uh, l- let's get the, the kind of the technical canon nerdy. Do, yeah. do you have headcanon of what happened? Do you think that he replaced her kyber crystals? Do you think that he uh, had, you know, altered them in some sort of a, a Jedi process that we haven't seen before that is uh, different than bleeding, but like in, infusing yeah. them with some other energy? I was thinking that because he, he would, he, what's the exact crack he, he makes? Like uh, you know, a little upgrades or whatever, like it's a little better or something like that. I forget the exact quote. Um, so I took it as that. A a sort of bleeding the blade, Uh, would you say infusing the blade? Yeah. Uh, Tainting the blade, Osaka Osaka might say. (laughs) Um, uh, Hey, um, yeah, because of everything we know with the gathering and everything in in the Kyber Crystals having this kind of personal connection, um, I think it's got to be related to something like that. Yeah, and, and the me I know at different times in in expanded universe, you know, there's been more meaning assigned to to blue and green and that, but but it's not in modern canon for this storytelling. It's not like a rank. It's not like blue is a master and I upgraded you and you're a master now. It's it's right. that I did something to these that that had to be both mechanical and spiritual, based mm-hmm. on the way kyber crystals normally work, and it it changed them so they were closer to me is like it's it's for me it's hard to get away from that I, I know there are other ways to look at it but for me that's that's the the way that i am uh seeing it yeah no i'm with you on that one there i'm with you all sorry, right sorry everyone who thought it was a super super uh sweet moment it is actually it is a very sweet moment i yeah i think it is it is a sweet sweet moment uh and uh i wish that ahsoka had had longer to talk through things and you know we might not be done with that storytelling uh, there's very uh good chance that that ahsoka looks at them and comments on them more yeah that's true 
Uh, all right, so we we are going long on this episode because there's so much to discuss. So we will keep moving. Anakin and Ahsoka part. Uh, we already talked about this a little bit. Uh, you went and and rewatched other moments of uh, coming and going <laughs> with yeah. Anakin and Ahsoka. Uh, did this uh, elicit any other response uh, from you? Uh, no, it just it, it that it, it connects. It's it is when you have, I guess they use the the knowledge they have of what's to come in the story to very much to their benefit again uh, wondering i'd love maybe a little behind the scenes documentary writing i don't know something of of just the timeline of creating the season we know dave and, and team not just dave but in dave and team got cut off from finishing the story years ago so a lot of this was already in play we obviously know with the bad batch and Trace and Rafa had some adjustments from things we'd seen before. So I'm curious, so like how much did they know uh, that, that how much, uh, how much did they know basically the Star Wars Rebels moment and how much uh, were they able to play to that? It seems like a lot. It seems like this was fresh, very fresh. And so every shot, every scene, every angle uh, was designed to just tug on your heartstrings and it did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's very, very much with Rebels in mind in lots of ways, this scene in particular for me, I just really like thinking about the meaning of all of the fateful Ahsoka walks away from Anakin slash Vader. You know, we have her quitting uh, right. the Jedi Order. Uh, we have this moment where they're partying on on pretty heartwarming terms of her, you know, thanking him for supporting her uh, and wishing each other luck. And then, of course, we have her that that. Uh, shadowy uh at the time ambiguous shot of her walking away in the temple in twilight of the apprentice which which you just rewatched right yeah i did i did rewatch that yeah and, uh, and we'd see that same shot right of her walking away from whatever happened between her and vader yes yeah, yeah it's a little quick she's stepping down the steps and fades away real quick yeah absolutely, absolutely. yeah so that was powerful. Uh, so then we get into a bunch of the big action as the Mandalore attack invasion siege begins. Uh, we see Gar Saxon and Rook cast. Um, Gar Saxon, of course, uh, featured prominently in Rebels. Both of these characters uh, were seen in uh, great allegiance to uh, Maul in the Son of Dathomir comic book. Uh, they are leading the defenses uh, for uh, puppet leader Almec. Uh, Rex and Ahsoka make a fun bet about who's going to get to land first. And then we go on the uh, Ahsoka's wild ride action spree. You said you had some thoughts uh, on that. What are they? Uh, yeah, I had a, I, I sometimes am at war with myself and I, and I have to check my levels of grumpiness and, and measure them against my uh, the joy I should allow myself. So this is a great sequence all in there. When it started, I was like... This is why I don't connect with a lot of Marvel movies. This is just this crazy action sequence, and uh, uh, she's got the force, but what? Like, take a jetpack. What are you doing? And I got grumpy. And then I realized, <laughs> rewatch of Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, oh man, she's like Legolas. Hot damn, I love that stuff. I love when Legolas is flying around and landing on Oliphants and shooting arrows and orcs. Oh man, he slides down on the trunk. He's the best. So I was like, all right, you got to choose a side here. Why don't you choose Joy? <laughs> and, the, uh, yeah, I loved it. So it was fun. So, but the dark side thought that maybe uh, Ahsoka was uh, showboating? Well, but okay. No, I like how you said up top, you said, this, you know, she doesn't have to hide anymore. And this is her skills as a Jedi and everything. And that I'm on board with. Uh, and no questions about that. I just, it's one of the sequences where it's just like, 
it actually, quite frankly, it was clearer than, I'm not just going to sig- signal, uh, uh, point out Marvel movies, just like modern big action filmmaking of just like, what is happening in this scene? There's a submarine chasing a Ferrari. What's going on? Um, uh, it, everything she does is, is just like, uh, it starts to, I, my mind just starts to, my, my face and my mind, my heart just kind of gloss over. And I go, let me just, let's get to the act, end of the sequence. Like she's flipping and kicking and, and, and everything. But the, but, but again, the flip side is, it was also really cool and showed her at her full strength. And, and that's what I like. And I connect to the emotions of that. And I love that you brought that up at the top of the episode to even remind me of like, this is what's happening uh, versus me grumpy on a couch. And then also going, man, I love when that elf kills those uh, orcs. So uh, <laughs> it's all there kids choose, choose joy, choose joy. Okay. I get it. I get it. You're hungry for the, the story, the emotional beats to continue. And in the action scene was just a too Ahsoka, too furious uh, for you at at the beginning. (laughs) There you go. That's the one. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So uh, I have my grumpy moments. I have my dark side uh, moments, you know, uh, work through them all. But, but as I was watching the episode, I was like, don't you be so hard on (laughs) Obi-Wan. But uh, what this this was joy for me. This was just pure joy because I think I felt that like I am where I am supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be. I am not held back. I am proud of being a Jedi. I have a responsibility because I have this power. Look at this power go. And the way that she uses the power that's um, for us watching Wars and Stars, just cool of flipping and kicking and uh that a lot of cool movements i love when she does the force push while still holding her lightsaber and kicking someone behind her i love when she uh kind of just rides that one mandalorian for a bit and then just kind of uh dumps him like an unwanted skateboard (laughs) and he goes uh that's just some great stuff and and, um we got a question for the main show this week uh spoiler we'll talk about but you know it's it's significant that the, the action scene ends with her not just beating the bad guys, but uh, rescuing a clone who would otherwise have gone down with the Republic gunship that he was on. Yeah, so there's yes, just like, yeah. There's a lot in there that was like, this is just fun badassery. And then this is Ahsoka being a Jedi from, you know, acting in defense and, and acting in, in saving others. Right. And I, I really want the record reflect all in on this scene, all support for Ahsoka. <laughs> I just had to work through. What is the Hulk doing? Where's Iron Man? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, why are they Why are they bl- destroying that building? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, no. Time. I think it's great. I, I love it uh, when we can be honest about uh, the moments where the dark side comes for us uh, because I think that mm-hmm. is it, more powerful when we have to make an effort to choose the light. Yeah. Well, and also into the moment, I'm glad that, that, that you brought up the saving the pilot because remember in the Bad Batch where I, I felt we all felt that pilot got just just tossed aside. Oh, yeah. Everything else was about like, how's this? How's this clone doing? Uh, pilot's dead. Yeah. Pilot's dead. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, all right. So moving on through the action, we're almost wrapping up with the events of this episode. Uh, Bo-Katan takes the throne room and kicks Almec's ass. Who knew that Almec could even fight? Uh, what did you make of this? Uh, I would say I don't know if he did so well. Um, uh, hey, look, actually, I, uh, I love the character of Bo-Katan, by the way. I think a lot of us uh, do. Um, I actually liked Almec's uh, armor, by the way. I thought I was mm-hmm. like, okay, hey, okay, Cobra Commander. I like where you're going with this. I can get behind that. Uh, yeah, I did like it. And I just, you know, Bo-Katan is, is pretty damn cool. So it was good to see her full action. Love the little shield. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- between Ahsoka and Bo-Katan, there was so much tactical slicing of uh, Mandalorians or, or Maldalorians yeah. uh, jetpacks. I, I got to that point of like, are jetpacks a liability, guys? <laughs> should we <laughs> should we rethink them? Because that's a, that's a bomb you're wearing on your back. Right? Yeah, they just a little tink and boom, they explode. Boom. Uh, you got to trust that it's just Ahsoka and Bo-Katan's deadly accuracy. Uh, but th- there were a lot of cool moves in there. I really like the, uh, the little cool move of her using the quick burst from a rocket to uh, make her punch harder. That was that was just cool. Uh, so then we move on to um, Ahsoka, Vaughn, and the other clones fall into Maul's trap. Uh, Rex is uh, sent to guard the docks, so he is not uh, there at the moment. But Ahsoka, uh, Vaughn, and other clones uh, go into the Undercity. Uh, they are drawn into the trap. Uh, the clones are killed. And we end the episode with Ahsoka surrounded in a very cool shot. And Maul says that he was hoping for Kenobi. What are you doing here? Uh, so two things. I want to ask any general thoughts you have on this scene. And then I also want to ask the question of what is Ahsoka doing there? So uh, any general thoughts? Um, I think overall general thought is a really good sequence. I love the the realization that they're walking into a trap. The the uh, down below and the the sewers, the catacombs, all those kind of things always kind of work for me in any kind of these big action sequences. Uh, you know that all these guys and and, and Soka are going into uh, going into this uh, full faith that they're doing the right uh, thing, making the right tactical decision. To know it's a trap. Good reveal worked for me. The the, the metallic clanking of Maul's feet uh, really worked for me here. Just kind of drove home the fact uh, of of where he's been and where he's come from and what he is and what he you know uh, always was for a large part. Um, but again, you know, he, he this was imprinted on him this life i i do believe um so uh i loved all of that uh, leading up to the moments uh that we're gonna talk about yeah yeah I, I just thought this was one of the most successful uh directed moments of the episode of the tension of bo-katan realizing it's a trap not being able to uh reach ahsoka of uh of vaughn you know still being loyal and, and kind of apologizing for letting her down which is uh, heartbreaking uh, but then just that spinning camera where she's surrounded and then suddenly one of the tunnels is empty it was such, such a great setup for Maul's yeah. entrance. Uh, but then the cut of, uh, you know, why are you here is just seems like already Maul trying to say like, why did they send not even the B team? Why did they send the Jedi D team uh, mm-hmm. to get me that cut where there's no music? It's just a lightsaber hum uh, was really different. But, but yeah. what did you feel about why is that the moment for the cut of the episode to ask why is Ahsoka there? Do you have do you have thoughts on that? I mean, I, I focus first on Maul's point of view. I, I think that's a great way to kind of take it that it's a bit of an insult too, of like, oh, um, you know, the little league teams here. I wanted to play the bigs, but um, I also take it as just a, a once again, once again for Maul. He just as as, as Freddie Prinze uh, described, uh, you know, you know, him pushing up the rock. Uh, um, what, what's the what's the Greek uh, tragedy character? I can't remember it right now. The, uh, the one oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it will you, come to me. And when I'm not thinking about it, I have to let yeah, go, yeah. and then it comes to me. And all you Greek uh, liter, literary majors out there, please let us know. Um, Sisyphus. Uh, there, I stopped thinking, and it came to me. Sisyphus. Good job. Uh, but I love that. I love that. What I love that's what it is. I love that's what the, the intention is. And just have, again, this is like the rock slipping. Maul's got the rock up the hill and he's, oh no. <laughs> Why are you here? This works so perfectly. And, but again, to speaking to the plan of, you know, hey, 
I stabbed Satine in front of you. I put a lightsaber through her. That that didn't break you. Um, I, I, my her sister's gone to you. Like, I brought the war here. Like, and it's not working. I went with that direction to it. I just loved how it played into that. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, to really think about it from Maul's perspective. It to me, going back to some of our earlier Obi One discussion, it's Maul continuing to just not understand that Obi One does not have the weaknesses that Maul does, that he assumes that no one can get past the concept of revenge. And of course, once Obi-Wan finds out where he is, that of course Kenobi will come from him. And then we learn Obi-Wan didn't fall for it. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's more at play, but but I like it from that perspective. And I, I just like being left for a week uh, with the feeling of, not only is it Maul's uh, obsession with Kenobi that's being talked about, his kind of uh, dragging Ahsoka uh, for being not as important, but to get to think about why Ahsoka herself is there and this journey that she's been on in these episodes for feeling like uh, a a path will be placed in front of me. And if anything on that path is use your power and your wisdom to help people, I will absolutely do it like you could make some arguments that she has some personal connections to Mandalore you know she she has met and worked with uh Satine uh so it seems like I'm I'm helping the people as at the forefront of her mind but it doesn't feel super personal like you know I I have to help Mandalore because blah 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 it's just this path was set in front of me and so to help people and so I'm here I'm here yeah to face the destiny I brought yeah. you here. The choices you yeah. have to uh, Any other characters, moments, planets uh, that we did not discuss that you wanted to? Now nah, we got to a ton. It's all these little tiny shots. And, um, you know, just there was uh, one, remind me of Empire Strikes Back, where uh, uh, one, of the, one of the gunships is shot out of the sky, you know, and they're just like, oh, we got, you know. We got fire, whatever the line is. Um, just little, little tiny Star Wars moments that we all love and uh, keep coming back for just all all through this. And that's why this episode's great. I love the ending. Talk about the ending with no music that's used uh, with great effectiveness in shows like Game of Thrones and whatnot. But I think it actually serves back to your point of just like this is all one movie and they don't want to divide it up by a theme song at the end. They just want you to play it all through. Yeah, I think it's really powerful that, uh, you know, the I think all of the Clone Wars episodes, unless there's an exception that I'm not remembering because there are many episodes, end with a little scene that is a, evocative of the end of the Skywalker Saga movies of like pulling back and seeing the tableau or seeing, you know, a ship going off and in, in moving forward or, you know, a character kind of walking away or a group of people together. And the fact that this is just a cut really does say like no 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 we're broadcasting these as episodes but they're not episodes this is the pee break for a week and then the movie's going to start again yeah yes yes yeah Great. so i guess that was the other moment that, that i wanted to talk about the pee break of pee the break. clone wars <laughs> do you have hopes or predictions for next week or the rest of this arc uh, you, oh man you know what I, yes uh, yes and no uh i always try to keep an open mind but just you know i know this is going to lead to some kind of confrontation with Ahsoka and Maul and how that ends. And again, having just watched that uh, end of season two of Rebels where they're fighting again, get a little more of those answers. Some of them just straight canon answers, which uh, I do love. And some of them just the emotional things. I, I am so curious 
of the other side of this, uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Revenge of the Sith stuff, and, and what we will or will not see. I'm trying to temper my expectations. Um, this definitely is, you know, a show that's uh, Ahsoka-centered, as it, as it uh, understandable, and as it should be in a lot of ways. Um, but I, you know what I mean? Like, I want to, I really want to, like, are we going to cut back <laughs> and see those Jedi starfighters entering the battle for the first time? Like, what are we going to see? I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is, uh, that, that's the biggest question for me. I think, um, I, I'm really still hopeful for more, a little bit, uh, Mandalore story, uh, and kind of tying up some of the, the loose ends of various Mandalorian canon uh, questions and about their culture. I, I'd be super excited for that. I know there's, there's going to be more Ahsoka and Rex bonding. Uh, I think that this is going to line up with that little opening chapter of the Ahsoka novel. And there's, there's some questions there about how exactly that all lines up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be of interest, but yes, the, the number one thing is how much into revenge of the Sith that we go into the main thing for me being are we going to see some more Anakin scenes of his relationship with Ahsoka being resolved? I know that's the last time they saw each other, but you know, Anakin uh, gets back to Coruscant immediately finds out Padme is pregnant, starts having visions, uh, you know, gets manipulated by Palpatine and, and asked to do something. He doesn't want to by the Jedi council. Anakin has plenty on his plate so that you could just go, Oh, Anakin didn't, didn't worry about Ahsoka. But just watching this episode when every part of him just wants to be with Ahsoka and make sure that she's okay, but he has to go run off and do his duty. I wonder if we're going to get a scene of like in the story of Revenge of the Sith that uh, Anakin gets word of Ahsoka. So he feels that she's okay or Anakin is tempted to go help Ahsoka, but he can't because he's caught up in the events of Revenge of the Sith or, or something. I didn't think I needed that until you said that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and if, if I don't get it, I'm fine. But that's one of the big connection points going back to the beginning. Go back to 2008, that movie of, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, this, this Padawan shows up and it's going to be important to Anakin's life. How does that jive with the story? How does that connect? Um, that is a, I, I think they'll find a way to pull it off. But I, what you're describing is really interesting to me. If If we are breaking this... I don't want to say fourth wall, but you know, you know, if we're breaking this wall of going into the movie, much like the Lucino Plagueis novel, which is uh, obviously Legends, but uh, so much what I love about that novel is it goes, you're reading it thinking, oh, it's going to go up to Phantom Menace. No, it goes past Phantom Menace. It goes into Phantom Menace. And you're around the corner on some of the the, the conversations and it really works and helps the movie and and, and everything. Uh, again, I know it's not canon, but it, it, that's what, uh, it's one of the reasons I love it. So yeah, uh, I, I really am excited to see if they can pull something like that off. Yeah, that's a great turn of phrase. I, I'm excited to go around the corners of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, yeah. Any any character that you wanted an action figure of from this episode? Uh, it, uh, it might be Prime Minister Almec. <laughs> really <laughs> um, but done in the old G.I. Joe three and three quarters fashion with the articulation. He really looked like a G.I. Joe, like a Cobra character more specifically. Uh, I, I, I could take that. Uh, R2 with magnet feet is. Uh, the- <laughs> yeah, just hanging off your fridge. Yeah, nice. Nice. Uh, the Almec uh, action figure, you should be able to uh, punch in the stomach and then it lets out a little breath. A little woof. <laughs> Well. yeah for myself i think i've said almost every week that uh, i want ahsoka in that look uh, i would love uh ahsoka in, in this outfit it's very cool uh and then with a, a little wooden box that contains her her 
interestingly symbolic blue lightsabers would be great. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, we always wrap up our Clone Wars report. This has been an extra long one because there's so much juicy stuff in this episode, but we like to end by sharing a moral of our podcast. What was the moral of this episode of Clone Wars Report, Ken? Uh, the moral is when darkness and light arise to meet you, always try to jump out of the, of the gunship and land in the light. That is so beautiful. I am going to uh, write that down on my, uh, on my fridge with magnets. So beautiful. <laughs> this has been the Clone Wars Report. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.